Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I can't tell you how excited I am to bring you today's featured guest, Carol Allen. Carol, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Ken. I'm super happy to be here. Oh, this is this is awesome. So if there's anyone out there, and I can't imagine this is true, but there could be somebody who's not familiar with Carol's work. So let me give you oh, a background. Please, please. <laughs> <laughs> so Carol is, well, she's a happily married Vedic astrologer and relationship coach, and her mission is to empower women to enjoy truly out-of-this-world love lives. Now, she's been featured on E, Bridezilla, uh, Extra, Dr. Drew's Life Changers, and Chicken Soup for the Soul, Women's World, Daily Candy. Plus, she's the author of Love is in the Stars, The Wise Woman's Astrological Guide to Men. Now, her methods are actually a unique marriage of East and West, combining her training in the astrology of India with cutting-edge real-world relationship research. So whether you're looking for a soulmate, want to deepen an existing relationships, or heal lifelong love patterns, the answers are literally written in the stars. And almost anything can be made much better with your own right actions once you know the truth and what to do about it. Carol, do me a favor. Take yeah. a minute and let us know how did you get started doing this incredible work and, and give us a little glimpse into your personal life if you would. Oh, okay. Well, golly, I went into a quarter life crisis. <laughs> if you ask me to go personal, you're going to get it. Awesome. Uh, and I moved to LA to be a movie star because, you know, that's what you do when you're, uh, when you don't know what to be when you grow up, you try to, you, you, you think big, right? You go for the gusto. So I moved to Los Angeles and I was always on a spiritual path from the age of 12. I, I found a book on reincarnation in, uh, PE in the locker room. I don't know what it was doing there, but I read it and it just opened up this huge Pandora's box as it's done for so many of us, right? Discovering one thing, which leads to like this whole rabbit hole, <laughs> this whole world of other things. Uh, and so I came to LA and I met a man at a party that practiced Vedic astrology, which is the system of astrology of India. And I was already really open to ideas that there was something bigger than us. And Vedic astrology really is predicated on the notion that we have many, many lifetimes and that the chart of this life is really the map of your destiny or your karma, if you will. Uh, and so I got a reading with him and it just blew my mind. And it answered so many questions for me about why things had gone the way they had in my life up to that point and who I was and what what was going to work for me, what wasn't going to work for me. So, for example, he said to me, acting, you're trying to be an actor? Like, that's 
totally not. (laughs) (laughs) And meanwhile, I was, you know, getting into car accidents on the way to auditions and I was getting mugged on the way to auditions and I was getting food poisoning the day I met my manager. I mean, it was just every sign from the universe was a big screaming stop sign. (laughs) And, uh, but when I found this and I had that reading and it was so comforting, well, everything about this was a big fat green light. So there just so happened to be a school for this six blocks from where I was living. And it was only, it was the only school in America at the time. And all of the teachers were some of the greatest minds in the field in, in the West. And People would travel here from India and share their wisdom. And suddenly I'm sitting at the feet of like the brightest, smartest, most incredible people. And they just took me under their wing. And, you know, talk about partnership. I mean, you know, Ken, that nobody does anything great alone. It's just not humanly possible. (laughs) Yeah, nobody. And, And I mean, any huge success. Bill Gates had a partner and. Uh, Walt Disney, his brother worked harder than he did, you know, and we hear so much about these amazing people, but so often there's somebody right next to them that's every bit as amazing or more. And that's really what happened to me with this path. And I was always like you, obsessed with love and relationships. And I always had that faith that made everybody trust me. And you have that face, right? Apparently. You know, and very cute, I will say, face. Thank so, you. Uh, so, you know, I have the face where everybody's like, oh, my God, you look exactly like my college roommate's niece, right? Or my cousin's sister, or like, I, which I guess would be their other cousin. <laughs> um, so, so I was always talking to people about love. And when I discovered astrology, so fun is the technology and the tools of this ancient system from India are just astonishing. And so not only do they predict when love will come, but they can show you exactly why we have like an instant affinity with someone or why we have an instant repulsion to someone else or why we can really love someone but not be able to communicate or why we can communicate, but the sex is bad. You know, It's like all there in these maps. And it's, it, it's such an honor and such a relief to be able to provide this for people and to have this tool in my own life. And, and it can also help you to understand who would be a good partner for you, not just personally, but professionally and in projects, you know, I'm going to guarantee you, Disney and his brother and Bill Gates and Paul Allen and Steve Jobs and Steve, you know, what's his name? I'm, I promise you, anytime oh, you look at, yeah, right. Anytime you look at combination of people like that, they have massive success combinations between their charts. Carol, that is amazing. Thank you for sharing that that background and how you got where you are today. And I want to ask you, I know for myself and and the guests we've had on the show, we we talk about, you know, kind of having a guiding principle or a mantra or something that we we can turn to when we're kind of off our path of partnership. And I'm wondering, what do you use to get you back on that path when you get a little bit off in the weeds? Well, the mantra I use 
for any kind of stress or challenge isn't specific to partnership. It's just my go-to feel-good nice. mantra, no matter what the challenge is. And it and it's it's a pretty simple one, but it kind of covers it. So I like to say, God loves me and everything is all right. Because if God loves you and everything is all right, then there's absolutely nothing to fear. And it can really calm you down, you know? So I love that's it. what I use. And you're right. That is a pretty good blanket statement. <laughs> kind of covers it, yeah. But it, it's funny, right? Because you think, oh, okay, here's this little statement. But it's amazing what level of, like, calming and peacefulness that will bring you. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I have other ones, too, that I'll pull out in a pinch. Like, everything is happening through me, not to me. You know, I mean, mm. there's – or for me, not to me. Mm -hmm. But I don't really have one necessarily for – partnership. I mean, I think for me, I kind of am more of an ancient Indian in my point of view. I really do believe that my 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 romantic partner that my husband of 20 years this year was really sent by God or my guru or whoever, you know, I really do believe he was uh that he's he's he came from something higher, not my own will or understanding, because he certainly wasn't what I was expecting. Mm. And I think when so often we have this idea of what our life is supposed to look like, <laughs> and we have this idea of, and it, and it happens in every area of our lives, right? We have this idea of what like our career is supposed to look like, our kids are supposed to be like, well, I had this notion of what, I was going to end up with and my husband came along and didn't fit the picture and thank God he didn't fit the picture <laughs> God had such a better idea than I did right yeah. and I didn't fit his picture at all either and it actually made us take a really long time to kind of figure it out because there was that ego resistance from that story mm -hmm. that we both didn't match and, it, and in my work, I'm constantly trying to help people be open to life as opposed to being driven by a narrative that might not really be in their highest good. Nice. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that you're you're talking about that, you know, we have this idea of how it's going to work. And it always, it always makes me think of one of my favorite reminder statements, which is, if you want to know how to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Right, right. And totally. I remember telling that to a friend of mine, and we were on a bike ride, and I forget what we were talking about, and I just mentioned that. And she turns around, and she goes, God must laugh a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because we all think we're running the show. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But you're right. I mean, when, when we get out of our own way, oftentimes what, what gets presented to us doesn't match what we thought it was going to be. But as you said, it's much better than what you had thought it was going to be. Right. Yeah. Really tremendous. Well, let me ask you to do this, because I'd love to get into some stories here, because this is what our listeners say they love most about the show, is the stories that our guests share. And where I'd like to start, Carol, is if you would take us to a time in your life 
when you kind of tripped up in a partnership and, and just tell us that story. What were you doing? What'd you trip on? And then what did you learn from that experience that helped you move forward? Wow. Well, honestly, it's kind of the same, the same story. I think, I think for me, especially since I was really young, when I, I met my husband and I think that desire to make our lives happen as opposed to co-create our lives, right, mm -hmm. uh, is really strong. And I think it comes from this, this real feeling of wanting to feel control because we're scared, right? And, and when, we're, when we're going after big dreams, whether it's love or success in the world or, or creating a family or making money, you know, the big dreams – bring with them the, the big fears. Mm -hmm. And so when we're in a big fear, we tend to get insecure and we tend to turn to behaviors or ways of being that are to compensate for our fear, to try to help us not be afraid, right? And so for me and so many of the women I work with, uh, for me it showed up as being controlling, mm -hmm. right? And so... You know, we hear that cliche, like women try to change men, right? Mm -hmm. So I did all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I did all that stuff. And I also, I did another classic thing, which is, you know, I met a great guy and he was really cute. And I thought, oh, this will just be fun. This will just be like a fling. This will just be like a good time. I can mm -hmm. have a good time for a while. I'm young. I've got all the time in the world, right? But then three years in, I was like, oh my God, this is like, I really love this person. Mm. This isn't casual. So now what do I do? And so then it was like, oh, well, now I have to change him so that he matches my picture, uh -huh. right? So because I married, you know, I met the the creative guy. I met the guy in a band and the guy who was an actor. But I wasn't supposed to marry creative guy. I was supposed to marry investment banker guy. <laughs> <laughs> because if I had married that guy, I'd be retired by now, Ken. I'd be yeah. calling you from my ski chalet in the Swiss Alps, right? Nice. So, so I had this picture of this life and that I was supposed to have and what it was supposed to look like. And but here's the soulmate that probably isn't going to provide more than one home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and probably and who doesn't ski. <laughs> and uh, so so it, it was like I had to let go of a lot of superficial ideas. Yeah. And what I actually, part of what I actually fell in love with with my husband is he was doing exactly what he wanted and he was really being true to himself. And I had the parents that had the right jobs, mm. quote unquote, and never had fulfillment, but did really well, right? And so I was looking for somebody that was doing really well, but I instead I found somebody who had a kind of success that really nobody I knew had. And that actually ultimately became more interesting to me and more important to me. But it took it took actually leaving that relationship to find that out. So I left that relationship. He was ready to get married and I was like, I'm sorry, I can't marry the guy in a band. Mm. <laughs> I can't marry the guy uh, who lives in a studio apartment. Like I can't marry that guy. So I broke up with him and then I went out with the investment bankers and the Men who literally would say to me on the first date, yeah, you know, I'm going to retire by 40. And 
you could just travel doing what you do, right? I mean, you could do it from anywhere, right? And I'd be sitting there going, ah, why don't I like him? Why don't I like him? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I didn't like him because there wasn't that soul connection. There wasn't that thing. And, And listen, I'm not knocking anybody who has a job job because it provides for them a great life and then maybe their mission is to have, you know, an amazing family. I mean, that was really my parents. Their jobs were sort of just a means to an end Mm -hmm. and their mission was really more our family. And that is totally great. I have no problem with that. Uh, But that's not what I ended up marrying and that's not what I ended up doing. I didn't take the safe route either. I took the crazy path. and it all worked out in the end because it was the true path for me. And and I think when we do the thing that's true, the thing that makes our soul say yes and our heart say yes and our mind say yes. I mean, there really are three things, Ken, so I'm going to get a little crude for you here. Can you handle it? I, I can handle it. Thank <laughs> can you. Can your listeners handle it? Oh, so, yeah. And I steal this from a friend of mine, Dr. Ali Benazir, who wrote a great book called The Tao of Dating. Lovely guy. You should interview him. He's hilarious. He's a ton of fun. So he says, you know, there's really three parts of us. There's head, heart, and groin, right? So there's like the your intellect. Does something fit your intellectual picture, right? Then there's your heart. Like, does it make you happy? Do you love it? Mm-hmm. And then, like, in a relationship, it's, are, are you hot for the person? Yeah. <laughs> and in, in, if it's not a relationship, if it's, like, a career path or something else, it's, does it really get you going? Does it fire you up? Does it stimulate you? Are you excited about it? Do you have that enthusiasm? And so often in life, we'll pick the thing that fulfills two of those things. Yes. You know, like, we love it and we're inspired by it, but it doesn't intellectually work for us like it doesn't really make sense right or it makes sense but we don't love it but we're working super hard because we're motivated by some other thing like to prove ourselves or to show dad we can do something with our lives right yes I mean it's I mean you know people are driven by all kinds of stuff not just by what's true for them so Yeah. So, and that was kind of the truth with my husband is he didn't make sense to me intellectually for a while, Mm. but there was that soul connection and that heart connection and that groin connection. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not that you needed to know that, but you know, I do want people (laughs) do marry someone you have that with, you know, so often spiritual people think, Oh, I should be more spiritual than that. That's not so important. And you know, you want to live with somebody for 20 years. That's important. Or 50 years. That's important. So. No, I I love what you just said there, Carol, because it's, you're right. I mean, we get these ideas of what it's supposed to look like. And obviously a lot of these come from our upbringing and what was our family like and so on. And what have all our friends done? I mean, I was in nine weddings by the time I was 27, right? Okay, and there's a lot of them married the investment yep. banker guy. Yeah. And, and they had the wedding in Napa with 300 people, you know? Yeah, there, there was a point in my life in my, my about the same age, 27, 28. Amongst my friends, I was known as the professional groomsman. I was in everyone's wedding. And they're just like, oh, if you have any questions about how to be a groomsman, ask Ken. He's done every type of wedding there is. 
So, Ken, we really are twins separated at birth. How does <laughs> it that sounds happen? like it. <laughs> Where are you from? Wait a minute. I'm from the <laughs> I'm from the Bay Area. Okay, that couldn't have been us then. I'm I'm from Illinois, so. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay, we resolved that. That's good. Um, so I, I want to ask you because you were talking about like specifically with with your husband. You're like you know two of those pieces were there. The intellectual part wasn't. Well, what but we that? had the intellectual connection. It's just my, he didn't fit my intellectual ah, list. Gotcha. Yeah, we, we totally, oh my God, he's the most fun person to talk to. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. But That's, you were still trying to compare it to this list you've been carrying around and it didn't Right. Match. This story. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny cause I, I, uh, one of the things I work with my clients on is to let go of the idea of the form and focus on the feelings. Beautiful. Because the forms what gets us in trouble. That's why we date the same type of person over and over and go, how come their relationships are all the same? Because you're looking for the same things. Right. So you're going to repeat it just with a different face on the guy. Right. And we don't realize that, oh, but I'm not paying attention to, you know, the fact that none of those guys have I felt comfortable with or felt happy with or felt whatever with. And I need those things if I'm going to be happy the rest of my life. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, it's it's so important. I'm so glad you gave that really great example of how easy it is to go, but this doesn't match, and I had this, and I'm so attached to this idea of what it's supposed to look like, my story of the perfect life. Right. And Probably not. Once again, God knows better than we do. <laughs> yeah. So I'd love to, to uh, kind of turn this around and ask you to share a story of, what I would call one of your proudest partnership moments. And maybe it's romantic, could be family, career, you name it. But what's a time when you think back on this time and you're like, that was amazing. Mm. You know, gosh, there's so many. Um, probably when my husband and I cared for his mother when she was dying. Mm. She uh, was just, such a sweet person and we were so close to her and uh and we both really uh just really came together in in a really full way we did it with my dad too and uh and in our relationship we tend to be happier when we're serving something greater than ourselves mm -hmm. and i would love to tell you that all couples are happier that way but I think, I think, I don't think it's necessarily everybody's path to do that. So, and, and I say it with no judgment, but for us, we are happiest uh, when we're focusing on something outside of ourselves. And so, so she got really, really sick and came to live with us and she was literally as helpless as a baby. And, wow. you know, I was up with her two in the morning, five in the morning, you know, and we did all, we took care of her completely around the clock. And what was so amazing, Ken, and she was so willing, which was wonderful. You know, it's hard with some older people, especially and sick people. It's hard to get them sometimes to do what's best for them, right? Mm -hmm. So, but she was so cute. She would do anything we said. So I put her on like this super healthy, super restricted diet and got her exercising every day. And she went from being like as helpless as a baby to being like, wow running up and down our street by herself. Yeah, no, it was really dramatic. Uh, 
and she did ultimately die. But, um, but you know, I just really loved that time, and I just really loved how it. You know, we were both so e- we were both so easily able to set aside our own needs and just do what we had to, and and there was no arguing over who did what, and there was no feeling like anyone did more or less, or you know, there was no resentment, and uh, it just was really it was just a really rich, sweet time. And she had been a, a nurse for fifty five years, a private wow. duty nurse, and she said she had never seen such beautiful care in 55 years of nursing. And so that, that also was really great. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So that was really fun. I mean, I have a lot of stories. Uh, uh, I have a lot of stories. I think, I think in business I've had some really amazing partnerships and, uh, I was mentored by a man to be, uh, to bring my work to the internet, you know, because, I've been around a long time, Ken, and it used to be when you had a newsletter, you were on your living room floor with a stapler and envelopes <laughs> yep. and a wet sponge, right? And if you sent 100 newsletters, you were like exhausted, right? So it's just this miracle today that we can do things like have podcasts and have email lists and communicate with people all over the world. I mean, it's just this really mind-blowing thing that young people take for granted, but you know, now that I'm Grandma Moses, <laughs> I just had a big birthday, which I'm super happy about. But uh, yeah, so I had a really beautiful, amazing man mentor me and just really support me for about a year, training me and walking me through how to bring my work to uh, to the to the internet and how to share in a much larger way and how to get how to throw away my stapler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, uh, and that was really, really scary. I mean, that was a nail biting time because it was a little bit like, I mean, I guess it would be like having a baby. It was like, oh my God, is it going to go? Okay. Is the baby going to live? Is the pregnancy going to work? Am I going to miscarry? Am I going to like, am I going to have like a two headed kid? Like, is this going to actually work? You know? And, uh, and it did, It, 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 it did, it worked and it's been 10 years and uh, so, so that was fun. <laughs> well, you know, something that, that I'm noticing kind of a path with what you're talking about, Carol, is when I, when I look at what partnership is, it's really about stepping outside of ourselves and doing something for the greater good, like what you described with you and your husband with his mom, or, you know, just when you're doing something for someone else, even if it's just you and your husband, the the partnership choices you make are not the ones you make that are easy. They're the hard ones. They're the ones that are like, yeah, I could do the thing I want to do and not think about him. Or I could actually be in partnership and think of the bigger picture here. And that's what you just gave us such great examples of. And, you know, and whether it's personal or business, people are always going to do it differently than you. And they're always going to do it the way they do it. And... You know, so like the the online partnership, that guy was completely amazing and brilliant and dedicated and awesome. And he also, he had a different pace than I did. I was like, let's go, let's do this. I mean, I was like chewing through cement. I was so excited. And he was like, 
you know, we'd meet and he, he'd be like, okay, we're good. Let's meet in a week. I'm going to go surfing now. And I'd be like, what? You know, like, so it took a long time, but it was also, it was really built on a solid foundation Yeah. and it was really right. And that's, you know, that's my, my mantra. I know you, you love credos and mantras. One of my mantras is better right than rushed, mm. better right than rushed. Yeah. And so he was really a beautiful example of better right than rushed. And he maintained a quality of self-care and of sanity that we often lose in the pursuit of, of big goals. We yeah. often let go of our sanity <laughs> and our self-care and our serenity. And he was a great teacher for me that way. That's awesome. Yeah. Really great. Well, Carol, we've actually arrived at a part of the show. I call it the bring all home portion. And this is, it's where we step away from the stories a little bit. And I'm going to ask you to provide some very simple, concrete guidance for our listeners that they can directly apply in their lives. And where I'd like to start is if you had to pick one piece of relationship or partnership advice that you've received, what's the one piece of, of advice that you would share with our listeners? Gosh, well, there's so much I've been taught that's been so such a gift in my life. But I will say once you're in a partnership, my favorite, favorite advice is to give the other person what they want when they want it. No more, no less. And it sounds so simple, but it's so hard to do, right? <laughs> give the person what they want when they want it. No more, no less. And this really can be like a guiding star mm -hmm. to help you know what to do. Because so often we get triggered and we just say no to things because we just want to say no. But when you really stop and go, okay, this is what they want. And if it's not, it's not compromising my my health or my property or my finances or my... Uh, my core needs, then what's the big deal mm -hmm. to say yes? Then I just need to say yes. So nice. I like yeah, that. I like that. And really, if both partners do that, you'll never break up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is the ultimate goal, right? Well, I mean, it depends. You well, always... if, you, if it's going well, why would you want to undermine that? Right. I mean, I think Paul Allen said to uh, Bill Gates, hey, I'm just going to go buy a yacht and party now. Like some partnerships break up for really good reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, people got what they wanted and it's run its course. And, mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, but I, I tend to talk more to people that want forever relationships. Sure. They want like soulmate for life relationships. And the way to keep those going is if both people give the other person what they want when they want it. No more, no less. <laughs> yeah, and you know, one of the things that, that stands out from that, Carol, is, of course, that needs to be coming from both sides. Right. If it's just one person doing it, well, then it's just all the water's going out of the bathtub, and it's going to be dry pretty soon. Right. Yeah. It's, well, it's, that's, that's a codependent relationship. But, you know, in relationships, when one person leads the way, the other person tends to yes. willingly follow. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan of do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Do it even if they're not doing it. You get to be a great partner in spite of your partner. <laughs> nice. 
You get to be a great partner in spite of your partner. And if giving them what they want when they want it isn't comfortable for you or isn't right for you, that's one of the ways we get to find out this isn't the right person or the right partnership. Yep. Because what they want shouldn't be so uncomfortable. Yeah. If if it leads to resentment, something else is going on. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you had to pick, and I know you have an amazing book, so I'm not going to include your book in this possibility list. Okay? <laughs> um, I want you to tell us what your book provides, but then I'd like you to share another book or a resource that you would recommend to our listeners and why that particular one. Well, my book, Love is in the Stars, is a guide to all the ways astrology is affecting our love lives, whether or not we believe in it. And by the way, it's a philosophical book, so it's it's not specific to any system of astrology. You can read it even if you're not interested in Vedic astrology or Indian astrology or whatever. It doesn't matter. Even if you love Chinese astrology or Kabbalah, Kabbalistic astrology, it doesn't matter what system you're into. So, uh, so it busts a lot of myths that I see a lot of people running around with, like, oh, no, I can't date a Scorpio, but I fell for one. What do I do now? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. silly pop astrology we've all been fed over the years so it was uh initially it was a it was my my goal was to help bust a lot of myths that i see trip people up uh but then i also wanted to share some of my favorite tips and tools for having great relationships in general because astrology on its own isn't enough just because you're compatible with somebody doesn't mean you treat them well right and doesn't mean you're a great partner. So you have to both be a great partner and be compatible. So uh, so that's what my book does. I'm super happy with it. I, it's uh, coming up on the 10-year anniversary for it. Wow. And at the moment, it's still only an ebook, but I'm in talks with a publisher to bring it to bookstores finally. But they can find it through my world. Um, and then my favorite book on relationships, and you really can substitute any relationship even though this book is is written for marriage and about marriage, it really does tell you what works in all relationships and what works in friendships and in family relationships and in parent-child relationships and in work relationships. It's called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work by the Gottman Institute, by yep. John Gottman. The seven principles for making marriage work. And you really could substitute the word marriage with the word relationships. And it's just incredible. You know, it talks about the ratio of good to bad interactions you have to have or a relationship will break down. It talks about the four worst behaviors in any relationship that always contribute to a breakup. And it talks about how to repair if there are bad behaviors going on, like how to heal and how to be more supportive. So it's really brilliant. I, I, I'm i super grateful to that research. Yeah, they, they do so incredible work. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. So, Carol, I, I, I want to ask you to leave our listeners with an example of what I call the payoff of partnership. And, and what I mean by that is if you would share with us a very specific example of something that you were able to do or create or experience that was the result of being in partnership that wouldn't have happened any other way. 
Excuse me. Um, Well, so I've already talked about how I came to be uh, on the internet because of partners and that never would have happened. I mean, that just never would have happened. I was trained by a guy who, you know, he was 10 million steps ahead of me and I just never would have been able to navigate that path and, and cut my own path through that wilderness without him. They're just, that just never would have happened. And then he brought me, I call them the, the king and the emperor. So the king then brought me to an emperor who put 80 people on my, my work. And suddenly I had 80 people doing all sorts of amazing things to help me bring my work to the world in a bigger way. And mm. that just never, ever, 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 ever would have happened if it had been up to me. So, so yeah, so, uh, and, and, you know, and that really takes knowing what you want. As soon as I saw what the king and the emperor were up to, I knew it was what I wanted. I knew with like every fiber of my being, I've never had that experience actually before where I just knew. And then I knew to trust them. And I knew it's like they say, when a lucky horse runs into your stable, or your field, mm-hmm. you have to know to catch it. You have to know it's a lucky horse. And then and then you also need to have the wisdom to ride that thing as far as you can ride it, right? So, mm. so I worked extremely hard. It wasn't like this, in a way it was a fairy tale and a Cinderella story in the sense that they totally changed my life and they got me off my living room floor <laughs> with my stapler. <laughs> but, it, but it also wasn't a fairy tale because I had to work like I, never worked before and I had to commit in a way I'd never committed before and I had to up my game in every way but it was so worth it it's why I'm talking to you right now I mean it was so worth it and that really showed me the power of coming out from your little desk and your little computer and your little safety net and looking for bigger opportunities through and with other people because it won't, you can't do it by yourself. You just can't. Yeah, that's great, great examples. Thank you so much. And Carol, I have to say, I mean, I wish we had another three hours. Ah, <laughs> thank you. Clearly we don't. So no problem. I know that there's a lot more here and I, I wanted to let you uh, share with our listeners, how do they contact you? How do they learn more about what you do? Oh, thanks. Well, I have a whole world of fun at loveisinthestars.com. And I have a newsletter there where I write about what's going on astrologically, what's going on uh, in world events and with celebrities. It's super fun. And then I also share a lot of articles with my favorite love advice. Uh, and, And through my newsletter, they can learn about, and also on the website, they can learn about my catalog of programs. So I have compatibility reports and timing reports and calendars to tell you how to plan every day, you know, calendars that are unique to you. Uh, and then I do really fun live events and workshops and things. So I'm really blessed. I really love what I do. And it's all at love is in the stars.com. So fantastic. Yeah. And clearly for those of you who've been paying attention, the newsletter is not going to have a staple in it. It is not. It's no, digital. Thank you. 
It is not, yes. exactly. We've moved out of the living room. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. And they can forward it to all their friends in there the, with the click of a button. That's another big bonus, right? <laughs> I'd be so grateful. Yeah. Well, Carol, I mean, this has been great. I, I love your stories. I love what you've shared with us. And I know that I'm taking a ton away from this. I'm sure our listeners are as well. Thank you again for being on the show today. Ah, thanks, Ken. Keep up the great work. You're very welcome. Thank you. <laughs> God bless, everybody. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.